You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, Shannon, once again, I have to say it is great to be back on with you again for another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. It is indeed. And, you know, it seems like there's, there's, we get seasons of, uh, you know, we're not, we don't see each other as much because sometimes we'll record a whole lot right in a row and then we have this long break with travel schedule or family or whatever. And we're in the midst of those coming off of summer. And I'm ready to get back into, you know, almost weekly hanging out with you again on the show. I have missed you too, Corey. <laughs> and, well, that, that's exactly what I'm saying, Shannon, is I missed you. And but what I love, though, is that our listeners uh, keep us in the groove with their daily emails. Absolutely, they do. And that's what I was going to say is, even though sometimes we don't always hang out together, you and I, on a show, we love hanging out with our listeners weekly because every Wednesday is a new show. And we know we have people that look forward to that. We have some people that have come onto the scene late and joined the conversations even way back into the archives. So what I want to do is, first off, Welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio, and thanks for joining us, taking time out of your day. You guys are what make our show work and go, because we get topics and ideas from you. And the other thing is we want to hear from you for questions, comments, criticisms, concerns, even just to flat out boosting our egos by saying we are the best thing ever on the radio. <laughs> you can send those to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes and give us any kind of comments or five-star review. That helps us climb the charts and spread the word that married sex is the best place for sex to be happening. So, <laughs> I am oh. so excited about today's guest yeah. because I have known him for a really long time, which means we're both getting pretty old, I guess. But before I introduce him, I just can't resist the temptation to share one of my favorite jokes. And Corey, I'll be honest, after 50 shows together, I may have told this in the early days, but it, I think it bears repeating because it's just such a perfect segue into today's topic. Perfect. So there is a little old lady who calls her granddaughter up one day and says, honey, your granddaddy just died. Would you come and be with me until the funeral home ambulance gets here? And so the granddaughter goes rushing over and she's sitting with her grandmother and she says, granny, I just have to ask, what was Papa doing when he died? And she said, well, honey, we were making love. She said, grandma, at your age, didn't you know that would send him into the heart attack zone? And, and she said, oh no, honey, we've been making love every Sunday morning to the rhythm of the church bells. In with the ding, out with the dong. <laughs> she said he'd probably still be alive if the ice cream truck hadn't come by. <laughs> but she is who I want to be. When I am in my 80s and have adult grandchildren, I still want to be making love every Sunday morning to the rhythm of the church bells uh, and, and any morning in between Sundays. Um, and our guest today, I think, is going to help our listeners figure out just how to do that, how not to let age hold us back in the bedroom. And so without further ado, I just want to say that I'm delighted to have Dr. Doug Rosenau with us today. I met Doug in 1997 when he, as a professional Christian sex therapist, was so kind to invite me to participate in a panel discussion at an American Association of Christian Counselors conference. And that was really kind of one of my pivotal moments in how I got started, how this, how this snowball started rolling downhill that's avalanched on me the past 15 years. 
but I'm just so grateful that he was willing to come on board with us today and share a few thoughts about how baby boomers can have great lovemaking all into their golden years. And I also just want to give a, a quick plug for his book, and we'll mention it again at the end, but he is, um, he's written a book called A Celebration of Sex. And this book has been like an encyclopedia in my counseling and coaching practice throughout the years. But he's uh, he also is working on one called A Celebration of Sex After 50, which I'm very excited about since I'm fast approaching that monumental birthday. So Doug, welcome to our show. Thank Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy practice to be with us today. Thank you, Shannon and Corey. Yep, looking forward to it. So talk to us about why you are focusing so much of your practice on our aging population. Well, part of it is that uh, I was reading an article, a research article where it was saying that every day uh, it was like seven to 10,000 people turned 60 and that's going to keep going for another 10 to 15 years. I mean, it's just a huge population that it, that by 2018, I think it is, over half the U.S. will be over 50. So it's just a huge population that that is demanding more answers, is really wanting to. Actually, uh, correcting you just a bit, I, I wrote Celebration of Sex After 50 back in the 2000s. And what I'm working on now, Shannon, is actually revision. I need to revise it. A re-release of the book? Okay. Yeah, yeah, a new edition of it. And what we found, too, is that the title was kind of the kiss of death because boomers don't want to admit they're aging, so you shouldn't <laughs> ever put an age in there. Ah. <laughs> so what we're, what we're thinking of titling our new book is something like A Baby Boomer's Guide to a New Sexual Revolution. And, and just allowing it to be a little bit more generic. But, but that's, that's a big reason why I just see it as a, a very big population. Another, another research article said that some of the best predictor of a couple's sex life is what's happened over the last five to eight years. And I find sometimes I'll get couples in their 60s and I'll say, well, you know, how's your love life? How's your lovemaking? And they'll say, what do you mean sex life? We're over 60. <laughs> and my thinking, my thinking there is, is that their attitude is really getting in the way. But as I examine, I realized that it wasn't just at 60 that they quit. It's been some years now that their attitude is sex and aging don't mix and that I can't really have a good love life if I get over 50 even. So oh, I just that's think so we sad have to, to me. Yeah, we got to change attitudes. Yes, we, do. we do. Wow. And so talk to us about some of those myths that roll around in their head. What, what are some of the mental hurdles that hold them back in the bedroom as they, um, you know, as they age gracefully? Well, I think, I think some of the myths is, is, are that, that with changes you can't adapt. And so I oftentimes use, and I'm working with boomers, that um, kind of 50 to 70 now, that, that age group, uh, 50 to 75, I, I oftentimes say what we have to do is create a new normal and that that bodies do slow down, that, that it is more difficult to get and maintain an erection, that that um, the vagina ages and thins some, especially postmenopause, and and doesn't lubricate as much. And so there are some physiological things that that will could impede. But what I what I try to help them understand is if they're creative, they can learn how to, well, like say, 
say even, you know, vagina's not lubricating as much. There's some really good lubrications out there. Like one of them that I oftentimes recommend because oftentimes lubrications are uh, have glycerin in them and don't have enough what I call viscosity. They don't last real well. But there's some of them that have silicone in them. Like uh, one of the brands is called Wet. Wet Platinum has silicone in it. Uh, there's also just natural oils. There's a it's kind of a funny website, but one called Yes 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 that that deals with natural oils. So I just say let's problem solve. Let's create a new normal. Okay, so 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 help us understand: yeah. is is silicone a good thing or a bad thing in a in a personal lubricant? I think it's a good thing. It's okay, not so as the water, wet platinum is actually one you would recommend. Yes, I would recommend. It's not as water soluble, but. I think when we get to my age, are we worried about water soluble or are we worried about something that works? And uh, <laughs> I think we're worried more about something that works. So, so I, I just feel like there's ways, even even like with men and, and just wisely using, you know, some of the PD5 inhibitors, the Viagra or Levitra or some of those that, that, that there's just ways to work with this. Or I remember one one woman was saying that, my knees have gotten so arthritic that I just really enjoyed lovemaking where I could be on top. And she says, we're just going to have to. And I said, well, just be creative. Let's think through things that you enjoyed uh, that, that really pleasured you in that given position. And we'll try to think of some more positions that get around your arthritic knees. So I, I we can create a new normal. We can create more positive hope around this rather than someone in their 60s saying, what do you mean lovemaking? <laughs> well, and I'm sure that you chime in with all the other professionals who say that staying active in our lovemaking has a wide variety of health benefits, mental health, physical health, all of that. <laughs> it does. And I, I think I think there is some truth. I, I'd have to research this a little bit more, but I think there is some truth about using it or losing it. I think that's a little bit of that idea that the past few years of your sex life will mirror a bit of where you are today. And, and, and so I, I think that as we age, that, that those that continue to make love physiologically, that, 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 that helps them, you know, just, uh, penis functioning better, vagina functioning better, uh, just different things like that. But like, this is also fascinating, Shannon. Um, I, I don't think we understand sometimes as we age the importance of just exercise because um, one of my sex therapist friends was working with a guy who was really struggling with some, some, some erectile difficulties now. And she got him into a Pilates class that really worked with core muscles and, and crotch muscles and helped him really just get to a better place of health. And it took care of the ED. So I think there's a lot of differing, even like you're saying, keeping active, use it so you don't lose it, but also just the whole idea of exercise and, and, and things like that that can really make a difference as we age. Well, and I had always heard that Pilates and Kegel exercises and things like that would help a woman, you know, with her, you know, help her remain continent and, and help her, you know, just keep those muscles active. I hadn't thought about it helping with erectile dysfunction, but it makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, and I just think that when we think about, you know, just making love that that there are some parts of it that do create you know do demand um oh not necessarily athleticism but <laughs> you know <laughs> muscles that are working and and bodies that are a little more limber at times and i know as we age we won't have that and we don't want to make that the be all and end all but i think there's things we can do 
in our 60s and 70s that can make a real difference just health-wise. And do you think, Doug, that there's any age that a couple should give up sex as long as they're physically capable? Do you think that age <laughs> has anything to do with anything? No, I agree with you, Shannon. If you if you touch base with me, you know, I'm late 60s now. If you touch base with me, you know, 15 years from now and God grants me, you know, enough health, everything, trust me, we're going to have a great sex life <laughs> in our 80s. Yeah, no, that again is some of that mentality we get into if we're not careful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that's certainly Corey and I's goal, or me and Greg's goal, and Corey and Pam's goal. <laughs> Thank you. Make that clear. Good, Corey good clarification. Each other. But I'm sure it's the goal of many of our listeners, too, that they want to enjoy yeah. sex as long as they can, and that it's not just about pleasure, and it has nothing to do with selfishness, that it's, I want right. an intimate relationship. I want to feel bonded. I want to feel connected. I, I do want to remain healthy and active, and sex is a great exercise in and of itself. So, Doug, you mentioned about erectile dysfunction. Talk to us about some of the things that men can do as they age that maybe they're not aware of. I think that everybody's heard of Viagra by now, but what are some of the other tips or tools or techniques that you can recommend for men who you know, maybe do need a little bit more help in that department as they get older? Well, there, there, there would be a variety of, of things that could help to create a new normal. I, I always tell people as they age to be sure and, and this these are years where we do have to have a physician we really trust and and sometimes with men a urologist that that really is they trust and can help advise and, and encourage and and work with them because there's such a variety from from like we were saying just natural things like exercise and and, and being healthy and and sometimes part of Part of erectile difficulties is being aroused and so working on I can go in so many directions let me just stick with ED and then ask me about uh, well okay I'll, I'll bring it up in a minute okay. so with ED thing medically could use medications uh, mm -hmm. and, and that could be helpful to be able to, to, to use selectively Viagra but also Shannon and Corey there are uh, injections that are a little more powerful so that sometimes uh, diabetes there's different kinds of, of issues that we may face even more in aging that uh, high blood pressure things that would have to be worked with medically carefully but there are shots injections that with papaverine certain chemicals that help to increase erection sometimes if Viagra and, and Levitra don't work but it's also important to remember that sometimes like I had a client recently and saying I really need some help. I think physiologically now I'm, I'm, I'm early 70s and I'm having a harder time finding getting erections. So he said, my doctor prescribed Viagra, but it isn't working. And he said, we'll, 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 we'll we enjoy making love at night. And so we'll, we'll eat our supper and then I'll take my Viagra, but it isn't working. And I said, oh, I said, Viagra and Levitra don't go through meals. The meals will metabolize it out of your system. Huh. And so I said, you're metabolizing that Viagra right out of your system. <laughs> and I said, I said, testosterone is higher in the morning. I said, I know that maybe not be your preference, but I think you would be, as you get into your 70s, I think you'd be more successful when you had greater energy, a little higher testosterone, and before you've eaten anything, 
to try the Viagra or Levitra and then have that before. So I think working the medications too is a part of it. Another but you thing think that would, making love in the morning would be more effective for, for people yes. as they age. Yes. Maybe yes. that's why biologically they do start waking up earlier. I, I understand that the more you age, the more you just become a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's a stretch. I, I think you make everything <laughs> sexual. I think okay. she, she has that ability to kind of weave it and, and, and direct it right there. Thank you, Lord. You woke me up earlier so I can make love, yeah. not have devotions. Mm -hmm. but I <laughs> <laughs> hey, they can be one and the same, the can't same they? Thing. Yep. <laughs> Sex, devotions, it's all worship. <laughs> right, right. Uh, with the right attitude, it really is. How about, Doug, what? speaking of things being in stretch, how about erection rings? Are those things that aging men would find beneficial? Okay. Yeah, there's there's several other things that are, that are possibilities. Uh, one of them would be there is a vacuum pump that that can that's placed over the penis and creates a vacuum and pulls blood into the penis. And then there's a ring that can be placed around the base of the penis. And if they're for, you know, part of an hour, it, it doesn't, you know, that's not the erection that lasts two to four hours that you have to be careful about. So the ring, you know, the band around the base of the penis sometimes keeps the blood in and allows there to be intercourse. And the vacuum for some, for some guys works really well. For some, it's a little awkward and they don't like it. If the medication, if the oral medication works easier, they would rather have that. But that would be another thing. Shots and then the vacuum pump would be another. And ultimately, with some of my clients, physiologically, their bodies are such that they won't be able to create an erection naturally. And so there are prostheses. There's ways that there can be um, plastic, you know, um, tubes inserted in the in the penis and a pump system in the scrotum that can allow there to be an erection by pumping it up and then allowing it you know to turn the pump and let the the saline solution flow out of the penis so and, all of these things may not sound real sexy now to some right. of our listeners but the reality is i think these are great inventions to help people enjoy this type of intimate interchange when you know even when they can't do it you know, manually themselves any longer. I, I think that this yes. is, I'm so glad we're having this conversation just so I people agree. can. And the second thing, Shannon, so medically I encourage them to work on it, but the second thing I was going to add, add about erectile difficulties, and this is not even just erectile difficulties, but I believe as men, especially age, they become more feminine in the way they sexually respond. Because I was just, one of my sex therapist buddies, I was just moaning and whining and saying, oh, you know, I get distracted now where I just really have to focus in and, and be present more and really mindful. And I'm and I was telling her that, you know, erections, you know, take a little work. The arousal takes some work and some direct stimulation. It doesn't just seeing my wife naked doesn't work anymore. I really take some direct penile stimulation. I was saying that with orgasms, I have to focus in and work out a little harder. So I was going over all these things that were bugging me and and she had no sympathy at all she just said join the club doug you just sound like me forever <laughs> and, I, and i thought oh no i'm becoming a woman in my old age you know and, and the way that i respond and i have to focus in and and, and work at a little harder and but i well but I, and i remember you talking one time about how um touch on other parts of the body becomes a lot more important 
uh, to men as they age because it's just more stimulating. And I think that women would think that that's a great and healthy thing. Yeah. That it's not so penis-centered all the time. Genital-centered, it isn't as much. Or even orgasmic-centered. Because as you get up into those later years, like especially if you get up into your 70s and 80s, they're still enjoying this. There'll be times after a man has an orgasm, there's a there's a recuperating time, what we call a refractory period, but a recuperating time. And if, if you're in your 70s and 80s, that recuperating time may be a couple days even or, or more. So so sometimes men will will tell me aging, you know, guys like one recently, 76, said, you know, sometimes we used to like to make love a couple times on a weekend. And he said, if I if I make love on Saturday and really enjoy it and have a climax, he said, sometimes we really enjoy making love on Saturday, but I don't even climax. I just I enjoy some intercourse and, and closeness and a lot of touching and sensuality. And I thought, wow, that's that's intimate. That really is intimate. And maybe be, maybe true. becoming a little less like you're saying, Shannon, a little less genital orgasm centered is a good thing. Right. And not focus so much on a finish line, but just enjoy the journey. Yeah. Just enjoy yeah. the journey of intimacy. Talk to us also, Doug, about gravity. Uh, I'm sure that gravity plays a huge <laughs> part in lovemaking positions uh, as you're aging. Well, I, I, uh, I am, I am presently, you know, as we age, uh, one of the one of the real issues with men is the prostate and the prostate uh the urethra one runs from the bladder through the prostate the prostate helps create semen uh and and so as men age is not unusual for two difficulties to happen one of them with the prostate is that the prostate becomes a little enlarged and it makes it more difficult uh for men to be able to urinate, but also it, it can make it a little more difficult to ejaculate. And, 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 and so what happens is that oftentimes with that difficulty, they'll give them some medication like Flomax that increases the ability for the urethra to expand and to urinate more easily. But what can happen with men when that happens is that the sphincter muscles aren't working as well and so when they ejaculate it actually is what we call retrograde ejaculation it goes back into the bladder which creates a whole different experience of orgasm if you're if your ejaculate's going in back into the bladder rather than out through the penis but even the bigger issue and you were talking about gravity the bigger issue that i work with is just prostate cancer and and one research study said that if men live long enough all of them will get prostate cancer and for some, they'll just keep a watchful waiting an eye on it because oftentimes it's not a rapidly growing cancer, but but it's it is a deadly cancer. It's probably one of the more more of the cancers, one of the ones that takes men's lives, lung cancer, prostate cancer. There's about three of those that are really high fatality. So the only way to get rid of the cancer is to is to take either take the prostate out or radioactively radiated in such a way with radioactive pellets or with external beam radiation to kill the prostate. And what can happen then is with prostatectomies, when you take the prostate out, is that you mess with some of those nerve endings or with radiation, you mess with some of the blood vessels and nerve endings. So one of the things that I encourage men to do is if they're trying to rehab and and regain erections after prostate cancer 
is, is that if they're lying prone on the bed, the blood is more likely to flow out of the penis. But if they're on their knees between their wife's legs, they're more likely to be able to stimulate the penis and the blood flows down into the penis so that with, with, with that type of rehab and working with it, the man on top where blood flows down is more likely to be able to work as well as just using some of the medical issues. So, so praise God for the missionary position. <laughs> yes. And, and that medically we're a lot wiser and we do have ways to work with some of this and that there is nerve sparing surgery now and, and ways that we work that, that, that help create sexual function even after, after prostate issues. But that would just be an example of, of how sometimes is another thing that can happen as, as women grow older is they have hysterectomies. And a hysterectomy, you know, when with an orgasm, the uterus spasms. So when you don't have a uterus, your orgasms will change a little bit. So it, it's again saying, don't give up. Let's just create a new normal. Let's let the mind create pleasure and enjoyment. And, and so much of making love is your, you know, you're made of these many years and not, and not just technique. And I have to say, Doug, that I'm loving just the terminology you're using of that. This is just a challenge. These aren't hurdles that can't be overcome. It's just the... Like you're saying, establish a new normal that just redefine things as you go and realize there's resources available. There's techniques available. There's help yeah. that, to overcome whatever it is that you're facing. If that's an, an area of your life that you still want to focus on. And that's what we would want them to take away with Corey is, is, is hope yeah. and, and wisely using medical help and just partnering together to, to find new positions and, new lubricants and whatever they need to help, you know, just aid them and really making love with meaningful connection throughout the years. Yep. And just to balance out the discussion, Doug, do you think that there's anything that women need to keep on the forefront of their minds as they age? I mean, obviously the personal lubricant thing is as much for their benefit as it is for their husbands, but are there things that, that they can be doing to really stay active as long as they can sexually? I Shannon, I think with women, there would be a couple of things. One of them would be, and this is men too, is just body image. I think, you know, as everything sags, it's easy to feel we're not sexy. And, and that's really more of a mental thing than a physical thing, especially as we age. And, and sometimes I don't even use the word sexy. I use the word sensual and connecting. And, and so I think that would be a biggie with women, would be able to get beyond the body image. I think another thing is is at times to think through carefully uh, hormone replacement that as we age there may be a need and if you're cancer prone that sometimes rules it out like breast cancer but but there can be ways to have testosterone replacement or even estrogen replacement that can help women work beyond menopause and, and minimize some of the effects so again I would say part of it's just mental and body image and really enjoying each other and creating the relationship. And some of it could be working through hormone replacement, other kinds of medical interventions that would be helpful. Yeah. And something that you said earlier that I thought, oh, women are going to pick up on that. You were saying that, um, you know, at this season of a man's life, looking at his wife's nude body may not give him that erection like it used to. And I thought, OK, women are going to interpret that as we're no longer sexy. But that's not what you're saying at all. Right. It, it, right. It's more that simply right. the visual stimulation doesn't create the, the physiological response that it used to. But it has nothing to do with his wife's body being beautiful or sexy or not. Correct. 
Absolutely. And, and people will say, well, you know, you know, as we get older, uh, wise will say, well, you know, my breasts sag more or this and that sags. And I've had more than one husband say, honey, they still turn me on and your nipples are something else, you know, <laughs> I mean, so right. I think there's a part of that physiologically turn on that will always be there. And, and, and that wives need to lean into and husbands need to lean into. And that's part of creating the new normal is just enjoying, you know, maybe parts of the body and focusing in a little bit different, you know, maybe not focusing as much on tummies on either one, because I certainly won't have a six pack ever uh, again, never did. So I just think there's part of it that we can we can enjoy the sensuality, the touching, you know, the genital stimulation, a variety of the body that's still very sexy. Yes. And I think that women have to understand that sexy isn't about size or shape or firmness. It's about attitude. And if you think that you're sexy, he will find that sexy. If you can share your body with reckless abandon and just no inhibition whatsoever, that's gonna, that attitude will be more arousing to him than even the firmest and perkiest of boobs. Am I right, guys? Yep, absolutely. Good. Thanks for chiming in and supporting my theory. <laughs> Well, we could go on and on with this conversation, um, but I, I, again, I want people to know about really two things, Doug. Be, be watching for this re-released version of A Celebration of Sex After 50, mm -hmm. uh, although they, you said that the it, present, it they, Yeah, they can get the present version off Amazon, etc. Okay, so the present version is available at Amazon. The re-released version will be hitting the marketplace when? Next year sometime. We haven't really set a date. We're working on it. You know how okay. you set goals and then shove them off four months. <laughs> okay. Jeff, will you also spend a moment talking about Institute for Sexual Wholeness? I just think you were such a pioneer and a trailblazer in the area of sex education. And you have certainly been uh, one of the people that I look up to most, one of the people that I try to emulate, uh, just an amazing mentor to me. Would you just share with people what you make available to them in the way of furthering their sex education as a as a as a personal individual or as a professional or a professional pastor counselor or whatever? Sure, um, I I have helped to start a nonprofit called Sexual Wholeness, sexualwholeness.com, and there's two two different things that we're evolving and, and developing. One of them that we have in place is for more for professional counselors that uh, we call it the Institute for Sexual Wholeness. And we have a series of courses that help people get better in doing sex therapy and dealing with sexual problems and issues. And then I'm also developing through Sexual Wholeness, the nonprofit, an organization called CASE, the Christian Association of Sexual Educators. And we are developing courses that we can train church leaders in different topics. Like right now we have one called Covenant Lovers that is built off my book, Celebration of Sex, but helps to, in a six lesson video-based uh, course, can help bring, bring just good teaching into the church. I have one on singles called Dance of the Sexes. And so we are, thank you, Shannon. We're really trying to create education uh, through sexual wholeness and being able to teach others and, and pass, you know, these years of experience on. Yeah. And I have to say that I give a resounding endorsement to both. I've, I've attended one of your Institute for Sexual Wholeness courses. I've also sat through your Covenant Lovers 
class at Dallas Theological Seminary. And even as a professional who's published numerous books on the topics of sexuality, I always come away from time with you with new knowledge and fresh insight. And I love watching the magic that you do with a group of people who come in so awkward and tense and nervous about what is this going to be like. And you just, you send them out of the room at the end of the course feeling as if, okay, this is perfectly healthy. This is perfectly normal. Why were we, uh, why were we all awkward in the first place? If we can do that for the rest of the world, what a difference that would make in our society. Absolutely. So you keep doing what you're doing, Doug Rosenau. Job well done. <laughs> Thanks. Well, Shannon, I have a, a whole new uh, outlook now on life down the road. I, it, it's kind of an exciting adventure when you think of it. It isn't is. It? I, I, you know, I don't know what I was afraid of. It's probably just because it's the unknown. But it's like, hey, there, it can always get better. That's what I'm taking away. In our 40s, we've really just begun, haven't we? Well, speak for yourself because you're older than me. But I'm sorry. <laughs> I did I just say that out that. loud? I I'm sorry about that. You're the puppy in the conversation. <laughs> well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for joining us and for taking time out of your day. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, regardless of age, it's time to create a new norm. And I hope that that means a whole lot of great things are to come. Talk to you next time.